How come a nigga ain't into his prime? Still getting better after all this time. These niggas say that they kill it, they lying. Only thing I see I'm killing is high. 100 million, I'm still on the grind. 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 Never pet a rat, never said. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you'll do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It would definitely mean a lot. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers. And hey, man, any subscribe, any subscription would help. I appreciate y'all. So the, 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 the first round outside of the Dallas and Clippers series, the first round is, is concluded in the NBA uh in the NBA playoffs, and I wanted to talk about the teams that are going home, the teams that lost. I want to talk about some of their or what they should do in the offseason to get them either back to the playoffs, get them further than the first round. I wanted to talk about it, and let's first start with Washington. Washington, see, first of all, Let's, we really have to, exa- to to give a good examination of Washington. We have to talk about their entire season. First and foremost, you start the season, or the, before the season starts, you trade John Wall for Russell Westbrook. Uh, but going into the season, Russell Westbrook's hurt. Uh, Thomas uh, Thomas Bryant's hurt. Uh, Davi's hurt. And, and, of course, COVID hit Washington probably more, at least this year. COVID's hit Washington this year. More than more than any other team, I think there was a, a stretch where they had like missed nine straight games. So to get from that to, of course, you know, getting Russ—I mean, getting Russell Westbrook back, uh, you know, getting acclimated with the team, Bradley Bill, uh, lead second in the league in scoring, getting all that, you end up as the eighth seed, going to play in. You lose one game, you win another. Boom, you play Philly, first round, you lose. It is what it is. So how can we get Washington not only back to the playoffs, but better than they were? First and foremost, look, man, I'm not one. I'm not, it's it's very uncomfortable for me to call for somebody's job. You know, I'm I'm not here to get nobody fired. That doesn't deserve to be fired. You know, I want everyone to eat. But we really, to me, you really have to start with Scott Brooks. Is Scott Brooks, let me see this. Has Scott Brooks had success in the league? Yes. He he took the Oklahoma City Thunder with Russell Westbrook, uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden. He took them to the finals. Now, of course, they lost. But, and he, he's, he's one coach of the year. And, it, but that was back in the day. There's there should be no reason. Now I understand that we have a young team. You know, Rui Hachimura is young. Uh, Nato might Nato Nato. He he might not be you know a, a cornerstone piece, but there should be no reason why a team that's led by Russell with Rus, led by Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill should be as bad or struggling as much defensively, struggling as much to just simply win games. Now. Here's the thing, bro. I think you need to get – I think it's time to part ways with Scott Brooks. It, we're going to talk about Terry Stotts in a minute, but I, I believe t- Scott Brooks, he, I, I think he's plateaued. We know What is Scott Brooks? Scott Brooks is a, is a 
coach that is good at coaching offense. He's a really good offense, offensive coach. However, he doesn't do – if he does do adjustments, his adjustments are confusing. He might do adjustments too late. Um, he do, I don't think he really – I don't think he ha, – he's a stern voice in the locker room. I think, you know, sometimes when you have players like a Russell Westbrook, when you have players like a Bradley Bill, you need more of a stern – stern, you know, uh, a voice in the locker room. And I don't think that is, I think that, I don't think that's Scott Brooks. And on top of all that, you know, the team struggled down the stretch. Of course, they were in the bottom, bottom tier defensively. Now, of course, they were top tier offensively. However, I mean, but you have Bradley Bill, who's second in the league in scoring. So, and Russell Westbrook, who averaged yet another triple-double. But there's, I think you have to first start with addressing the coach. I don't. I think Scott Brooks, he's plateaued as a coach, and I think you have to go get another coach. I would look at a, a Chauncey Billups. I would look at a Sam Cassell. I would look at one of those type coaches, and that can that can have a a new voice in the locker room and hopefully focus on the defensive side. Also, you have to make a decision. Washington has to make a decision about Russell Westbrook. First and foremost, the decision about Russell Westbrook also plays in part with the third thing they need to do and figure out how to get pieces around Bradley Bill. First and foremost, Bradley Bill is a top guard in the league. And the last thing you want to do is have Bradley Bill and surround him, well, you you already traded away his 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 first running mate in, in Russell and John Wall. The last thing you want to do is trade his second running mate or not re up his second running mate in Russell Westbrook. Now, am I saying Russell Westbrook? We talked about this last episode. Am I saying Russell Westbrook's a top five player? No. Am I saying he's a top five point guard? No. But he is the second best player on the team, and you need to find a way to get pieces man because again Nato's cool but he's he's not a piece that can get you over the hump neither is Ish Smith neither is uh I don't know neither is the like I don't and that's the thing that's the thing that it also kind of goes back to 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 Scott Brooks he doesn't play a lot of people you have Isaac uh Isaiah or Isaac Banga who doesn't really get much minutes um, for some reason, you start Robin Lopez when Daniel Gafford is clearly the best center that you have on the on the on the roster. So, I think that you need to get another. I don't know how you're going to do it. Maybe, of course, overpay. I don't know, but you need to get another score. You need to get another player that can that can really put the ball on the ground and score. And it, and you don't have to worry about. Well, I'm not going to say worry. Bradley Bill isn't isn't the only score because right now if you look at the team Bradley Bill's the only score yeah you have Russell Westbrook but he's not a score Bradley Bill's the only score on the team so you need to the especially if you want moving forward not just next season if you want to keep Bradley Bill happy if you want to keep Bradley Bill here I know I keep hearing you know people say Bradley Bill wants to retire uh, a Washington Wizard that's all that's all sweet and dandy but if you don't give him pieces to work with what is the incentive to stay? So 
you have to, to me, get a new coach. I think that you just need a new voice in the locker room. You need to make a decision about Russell Westbrook. If you do not, if Russell Westbrook's not your future, you have to, ha- I'm not going to say future. If, if you're not going to move on with Russell Westbrook, you have to have a piece or pieces that can, that can be a good compliment to Bradley Bill and not just a compliment is, all right, I'm going to pass Bradley Bill the ball and he scores. You need a score. You need a defender. You need a point guard. Like you, That's why I think even though Russell Westbrook can get on, on – Russell Westbrook can have some bonehead plays, I think that it's important to extend Russell Westbrook because, again, he's the second best player we have. And you need to surround – you need to surround Bradley Bill – or let me say this – you need to surround better pieces now. I know Robin Lopez is a free agent. I think Nato's a free agent. Is Smith? There's there's a couple free agents on the team, but you need to surround Bradley Bill with a couple pieces. Rui Achimura, he's pretty good, and he needs to develop. Of course, Daniel Gafford's really good. He's a good uh, pickup from Chicago, but try to go get I don't know. Who's a good person? Try to go get a CJ McCollum, and we'll talk about Portland in a minute. Try to go get CJ McCollum. Try to go get a uh a, if I don't know if you can afford him, but try to go get a Kelly Uber again. You know, like you need to surround the Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook with a bona fide score. I don't know why I said bona fide score. Then I said Kelly Uber. He can score, man. Not bona fide. I, you need to find him a third piece, man. So I think you know. I do. I think Washington underachieved. It's hard for me to say no especially when you see the backcourt. If you look on paper, Washington should have one of the top backcourts with Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook. I will say that, you know, they they <laughs> there was a there was a point where they could have had the top 5 pick. That's how bad their record was and to end up in the 8th spot uh and and getting a game in in or getting a game against Philly, you know, that was that was pretty good. I do not like the fact that they lost the last game, they let Seth Curry get 30, and uh, <laughs> Joel Embiid didn't play. But that's Washington. Let's move on to New York. New York is in a, is in a, a position they haven't really found themselves in in a while, and that is they don't have to do much. I know, I know. What? New York, what? I know. They don't have to do much. What New York has to do is they have to, one, find a way to extend or re-sign uh, Julius Randle. I think he deserved Now, yeah, what happened in the playoffs was not good. Like, he, he, was, he was awful in the playoffs. But he's a, he's a reigning now uh, sixth man of the year. I mean, no, most improved player. He was the heart and soul of the, of the Knicks. And, of course, he was the, main, the biggest and main reason why the Knicks made it to the playoffs. I think you have to resign him, and you just need scores. What we saw against Atlanta was simple. Atlanta has scores. New York did not. Julius Randle is not a pure scorer, and when he's not making shots, it's, it's, he's not really. You know, he's he, he's limited. Uh, Derrick Rose at his age, he's. I mean, even though he's still kind of young, but Derrick Rose at this point of his career, let's say that, isn't really a bona fide scorer. RJ RJ Barrett isn't really a score. Um 
Reggie Bullock isn't a person that can really put the ball on the ground. So you need a score. You need someone that can put the ball on the ground, get you high-level points, get you high-level, you know. I I would say try to get a star because I know that New York will have some some, uh, leeway and have some, some cap space. See, we need to. Of course, we're going to monitor what happens with the with the Clippers series. But see, maybe you can get a Kawhi. Maybe you can get a Paul George. Especially because if they lose, if if the Clippers lose, I said it last episode, and I'll say it again. If the Clippers lose, do not be surprised if they if they blow it up. We'll talk about we'll talk about that uh, once that series concludes. But try to go try to get a different try to get a star. You know uh, that that a star that can score. So I. I Again, New York is not really – New York's in a weird place, man. They don't really need to do much because, you know, they're in a good spot. Now, I do think – I don't think that they need – they can rest on their laurels. I don't think that they're at that point because they need scores. And as we saw, they should have beat Atlanta. They should have beat Atlanta. But what Atlanta showed was, I mean, when you have Trey Young, when you have DeAndre Hunter – when you have um, some of the scores at that Clint Capella over at catching lobs and rebounds, it's tough. It's tough when you don't have anyone that can match that firepower. And when your best player is Julius Randle and he's not hitting, and your next source of offense is Derrick Rose, especially at this point of his career, it's tough, man. It's tough. So I definitely think, again, New York doesn't need to do much, but they do need to just, they do need scoring. And the question, the question that was asked was, was this a successful season for New York? I, I, it's hard for me not to, it's hard for me to say it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, New, no one expected New York not only to be, you know, I do think they overachieved. But nobody expected New York, one, to make it to the playoffs, two, to have a, a most improved player, and three, to be as good as they were. What New York did was they... You know, you can win a lot of games in the regular season with energy. <laughs> you can you can be the hardest working team. You can be the hardest scrapping team. You can really lock down on defense. You can win a lot of games like that in the regular season. The problem is in the playoffs, you're playing against the top teams at this point. Like there's no Sacramento's. There's no uh, Chicago's. Like you're playing the top teams and while yeah playing hard is is you should always play hard and while playing hard can get you somewhere you need to be able to score the ball and if not you're gonna get you're gonna get left behind like like New York was but I do think that New York you know it's 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 it's, it's funny man it's it's not funny but success is gauged and you have to gauge success differently from different for different teams. Do I think that Washington has a successful season? Yes, because all the injuries, COVID hit, um, and they were still able to make it. They were still able to make it to five games. And first of all, they were able to make the playoffs and able to make it in five games. Do I think it, while while it was success, I do I do of course as a Washington fan want more. You know, I, I wanted them to be more successful. But it was a successful season. New York, was it a successful season? Yes. 
No one expected him to be in the playoffs. No one expect a Tom Thibodeau to be this good. No one expect Julius Randle to be this good and make that leap. Uh, so yeah, that was a successful season. Now, the next let's let's move on to the next team. <laughs> let's move on to the next team, and that's the Boston Celtics. Before I give my, I guess, off-season task list, let's talk about the biggest news that happened, I guess, last week. And that was Brad's Danny Ainge, the former GM of Boston, stepping down and Brad Stevens getting elevated to now the GM. Um, a lot of people had a lot to say. Uh, Stephen A. Smith was pretty fiery about uh, Brad Stevens getting called up, I guess, to the GM position. And let me say this. Black people, we know what's up. And, and as unfortunate as it is, we know what's up. We know that it is 10 times hard. We can, we can exceed expectations we can be above and beyond i mean we can go above and beyond at our job yet and still the powers that be may all will always will will always have the final say so and usually if the powers that be that have the final say so is not the same color as us african americans more than likely Somebody else that maybe is not as deserving should be bumped up or will be bumped up. Do I think Brad Stevens is a good coach? Yes. But let's let's really look at the the process or let's look at the timeline of just this season. I'm not gonna go how he, you know, <laughs> he's been he's been rocky since, you know, Kyrie, having Kyrie and, and, and losing Kyrie. Let's what I will say is this. Let's just look at this season. I don't know if you remember the beginning of the season. I don't know if you remember the whole season, but Boston underachieved greatly this season. Now, I understand you lose Jalen Brown, but you lost Jalen Brown late in the season. I understand and we'll, I understand that, you know, Kimball Walker was in and out of the lineup, but you still had Jason Tatum. You still had uh, Tristan Thompson. Like, you still had some players. I don't know if you remember, but remember earlier in the season, there was questions as was Brad, was Brad Stevens going to, he wasn't going to get fired. Boston doesn't fire coaches mid season, but was he going to be back next season? Um, and to go from that to, by the way, losing in the first round of the playoffs, damn near losing in the play-in, to then get elevated from head coach to GM. I mean, if you can't see what's going on, then it is what it is, bro. Like, Mark Jackson, while he didn't reach the pinnacle and he didn't win a championship, he is a main, he's a big reason why Golden State was what Golden State was before these last two seasons. He's the big reason why uh, Clay Thompson is developed to what he is. He's the big reason why Seth Curry 
is the Steph Curry that we know today. He's a big reason why Draymond Green is who he is, he is today. Yet and still, every time we hear about Mark Jackson, we hear his voice as a commentator. He has not been able to get in the in the door of a coaching job. And that's more, that's Mark Jackson, bro. We can't look at Golden State and not see Mark Jackson. Brad Stevens lost in the first round. And ever since losing Kyrie, the questions about Brad Stevens is, can he coach stars? Because we know, you know, at Butler, developing young players like a Jalen Brown, like a Jason Tatum, but quiet as is kept, and we'll we'll talk about in a second how Kimball Walker has been ever under his tutelage, who is a star, a friend star, I guess, all star. But that that Brad Stevens gets the job as the head coach. I mean, no, as the GM after a year losing in the first round. Imagine Ty Lue. Imagine they lose uh, tomorrow. Imagine they lose tomorrow. You think Steve Ballmer's like, you know what? Ty Lue, I understand you have Paul George. I understand you have Kawhi Leonard. I understand we had the better team. And even though we lost, GM. You think that's going to happen to Ty Lue? You think if Doc Rivers, and Doc Rivers was a GM uh, and coach before, See, I didn't. That didn't work. But you see, you think if Washington would have beat uh, Philly, you think they would have been like, "Hey, Doc, forget that whole coaching thing. I know you lost. I know there was high expectations, and we lost to Washington. But get the GM. You're, you're the GM now. It just doesn't happen, bro. It doesn't happen." And I think the the funniest part to me about this whole thing is the fact that the stigma around Brad Stevens is his inability of coaching up stars. We saw what happened with Kyrie Irving, and we kind of see what's going on. Oh, we saw what happened with Gordon Hayward, and we're kind of seeing what's going on with Kimball Walker. I don't, I would, you know, as an owner, as, as, as higher up, I don't understand, or I wouldn't understand. It would be hard for me to understand how a GM, how you give the position to a person that struggled to coach stars. So how was that person then going to recruit stars? And this is a star driven league. I don't know. I don't know. But with Brad Stevens getting bumped up to GM, now they have a head coaching vacancy. Uh we've heard people like Jason Kidd might be up might be up there. Uh we heard maybe Terry Stotts cuz he, you know, we'll talk about Portland in a minute. Uh Chauncey Billups, you know. I don't know. I think I think you need to really, especially as this is pretty much this, this will be Brad Stevens' first uh, move. You need to knock it out the park. You need someone that can connect with the players, especially connect with a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown. 
and you need someone that can really focus on on the defensive side of the ball because and offense you need someone that's well rounded <laughs> like you don't need a Mike uh, a Mike D'Antoni you you don't need that you don't need that you also Boston also needs one a center we've been talking uh, look. You can you can love Tristan Thompson, but Tristan Thompson is not a starting center in my opinion. Tristan Thompson, you know what? Let me say this: He can be a starting center, but if he's starting, if he's a starting center, and your team does not have LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, or uh, Kevin Love in their prime, you're not winning a championship. So you need a center. You need you need a center that you need a center like a Clint Capella, maybe a see what Dwight Howard's working with. Um, you need something like you need a center that can be better than Tristan Thompson, and also you need to sit down and 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 really figure out who. Well, let me say this: you really you need to sit down and and sit down with Jason Tate, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, and be like, "Yo, Jalen, this is Jason's team," because too many times we saw. Well, yes, Jason Tatum. Uh, had some incredible games. He had a, he had a couple fifty point games. He had a sixty point game, and Jalen Brown has some. He has a couple forties, a couple thirties. When one player is going off, the other player really isn't. And when and, I, and clear that that's easy. Like, well, I mean, Jason Tatum has sixty. What the hell do you expect Jalen Brown to do? But no, when Jalen Brown's going off, Jason Tatum doesn't really do anything. He. He doesn't really demand the ball. He doesn't really shoot like that. He doesn't play defense. And vice versa, when Jalen, when Jason Tatum's going off, Jalen Brown doesn't do anything. To me, that is a power structure as in, all right, I'm, it's his night. I'm just not going to do anything. No, that's not going to work. That's not going to work at all. You need to be like, yo, this is Jalen, Jason Tatum's team, Jalen Brown. This is what I need you to do. Blah, 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 boom. Like you can't, you have to, you, it, that's, that was one reason, that was one big problem with the Clippers. The Clippers didn't have defining roles. Paul George thought he was the number one. Kawhi Leonard thought he was number one. Montrezl Harrell thought he was number one. Lou Williams thought he was another, number one, and it just didn't work. That's kind of what we're seeing with, with Boston right now. Do I think it's to the extreme of, of the Clippers? No. But I do think that you need to sit down Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and be like, yo, Jason Tatum, that is, he's taking us to the, to the promised land. Jalen Brown, this is what we need you to do. Be a very good complimentary piece, and then you'll be good. And lastly, what Boston needs to do, and we kind of alluded to it earlier, but you really need to take a a good hard look at Kimball Walker. Is Kimball Walker the point guard that you need? First and foremost, Kimball Walker, he's dealt with a lot of injuries now since going to Boston. He's been very inconsistent in Boston. There are sometimes he'll he'll look up like who has a thirty-five point game, and there's other times he's three for third, three for twenty, three for twenty-five. Like good lord, like you have to really make a decision. Is Kimball Walker the point guard that can take you over the top? Because you have a star player right now in Jason Tatum. You have a really good complimentary player in in uh. In Jalen Brown, you have to you have to figure out what you're going to do with Marcus Smart. If Kimball Walker is not the piece, 
you have to figure out is he good is he tradable or is is Mark Smart tradable because you, you don't really have a lot of other pieces to move that's unless you want to move Jason T- or Jalen Brown but you're definitely not moving Jason Tatum you need to figure that out you need to figure that aspect and that dynamic out and okay if, if Kimball Walker is the guy this is what we're doing and Kimball Walker has to understand yo I'm not the best player I, I understand in Charlotte he was the best player always but he's not the best player now this is I mean it's hard to look at what Jason Tatum's doing it's like you know it's still my team like no no bro no so you, they have some things to figure out and honestly this is another team and this is kind of what I was saying about uh New York and this is what I was kind of saying when 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 you have to gauge you know success is gauged differently from different teams uh Wash. This would be a successful year for Washington. This is a successful year for New for New York. This is not a successful year for Boston. Boston has a higher standard. People thought this could be the year Boston at least makes it back to the Eastern Conference Finals. People thought that this could be the year that Boston can get over the hump in the East. And and going from that to the seventh seed and and almost losing in the playing game. That that it, it's this this season for Boston was not successful, and they need we need to. I guess we're now we're going to see Brad Stevens' co, uh, GM skills, but we really this team this team has a lot of good young pieces, and while it a lot of those pieces aren't a lot of those pieces do the same thing. Or occupy the same space on the floor. I say that a lot. The the reason why I was ca- I was cautious and and kind of concerned about Philly is because I felt Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons occupy the same space on the floor, seeing as though Ben Simmons is reluctant to shoot, can't shoot, or whatever you want to call it. Boston has a lot of players that occupy the same space: Peyton Pritchard, Marcus Smart, Kimball Walker. Jason, Jalen Brown, Jason, well, Jason Taylor's pretty much a star, but you need to have different, you need to have another score that, that can, you know, Kimball Walker hasn't really been dependable as far as the scoring since he's been in Boston. So you just, they have, again, they have a lot of players that occupy the same space. Some may need to go. So, I don't see how, you know, Peyton Pritchard, Marcus Smart, Kimball Walker. I don't see how those three remain on the on the team. I, it's not saying they're all leaving, but I don't see how. I, it's Boston has a Boston needs to rework this roster. Shouts out to Dan. I mean, shouts out to Danny Ainge. He's he's he was able to. I mean, he he was a, he was able to get Jason Tatum for Markel Fultz, but. They need they need to figure some things out with this roster because they have too many too many you know what they have too many one way players too many players that do one thing like Peyton Pritchard is a good is a good offensive player but he's not the because of his size he's not the best defender Marcus Smart is the is a great defensive player not the good offense Kimball Walker can be really good offensively not good defensively Jason Tatum incredible offensively not really good defensively Jalen Brown high energy good offense not really good defensively 
Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson. <laughs> so that's what Boston needs to do, man. Let's let's move on to Miami. And uh, man. You see, the thing about Miami is a lot of people are gonna look at this season, look how they ended losing, um, losing to or getting swept by the Bucks as they were a fraudulent Eastern they were a fraudulent NBA finals team a year before. And the and the Miami Heat really shows you uh you see the bubble had different effects on different players. I think the bubble had when you look at the who was successful and who who was shining in the bubble, you know, you had Jamal Murray, you had Michael Porter Jr., you had Donovan Mitchell, you had Duncan Robinson, and you had Tyler Euro. What do all of them have in common? They're young players. You see, the thing about the bubble, and and you heard it a lot, the bubble has a um, AAU feel. And while most, if not all, of the players that were in the bubble and most of the players in the NBA has been in AU, these players, you know, the younger players are used to it. The younger players are used to going, you know, going to hoop, going to practice, going home, playing the game, and then doing the same thing. That's pretty much what the bubble was. And, a lot, and, and the bubble also showed that there's a lot of players that play better with no fans. Because, the, I mean, if you know, fans is pressure. It's pressure. You got people yelling at you. You got people cursing at you. You got, you know, people cheering. Like, it's pressure playing in front of fans. And that's why you saw most most of the breakout stars or breakout players in the bubble were younger. In Miami, Miami also did get some breaks. Now, I understand that, you know, Miami is built for the bubble. Young players, young team, Kendrick, I mean, you have none, you know, young player, young team can thrive in the bubble. Milwaukee is not built for the bubble. You have Brooke Lopez, you have Giannis, you have players that are, you know, veteran players at this point. They, they, they're not built for the bubble. And not to mention Giannis got hurt. So, and you're playing a different team. This is this the 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 Bucks team that just swept the Heat is not the Bucks team that lost to the Heat in the bubble. Eric Bledsoe gets gets replaced for Drew Holiday. You have PJ Tucker, two gritty defensive players, and Drew, Drew Holiday, who's one of the most underrated offensive players. So it's, it's kind of tough, man. It's kind of tough. But what does Miami need to do in the offseason? First and foremost, they need to make a decision about Victor Oladipo. Uh, one thing that was glaring in the series against the Bucks this year is Miami's inability to score. Like, they, it, their inability to have a player to put the ball on the ground and go get them a bucket. They were looking all over the place. While Jimmy Butler, to me, is a star, his off his lack of offense is holding him back from being a superstar, in my opinion. I know if you go back, to, if you rewind the tape, I said he was a superstar, but I had to I had to pump the brakes. He's a star, but his offense, his lack of offense, um, 
holds him back from being a superstar. Bam out of bio was was not good at all. He wasn't good on the offense or defensive side. Tim uh, Duncan Robinson, the 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 allure that he uh, he garnished from the bubble just just burst. He was he wasn't good. And Tyler Euro, Tyler Euro was god awful. And you know when you're starting when you're starting to look for pieces like you know uh, Andre Gudala, like you're, you're, Gordon Dragic wasn't good. So. They need to really make a decision. Make a decision about Victor Oladipo because Victor Oladipo would. I don't know if they would have won the 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 series, but Vic, the series to me would have looked a lot different if they had Victor Oladipo. The problem is, however, Victor Oladipo at least recently has been injury prone, and reports are saying he's looking for a max contract. I don't know if. I understand how important he would be to Miami, but I don't think he he's worth no freaking uh, max contract. So if you can get him for the right price, do it. But if not, you really need to find a person that can put the ball on the ground and get their own shot or, or you know, can, can score. And another thing you have to do is unmarry yourself to Tyler Euro. I don't know if people remember, but the reason why James Harden is not at Miami Heat right now is because they didn't want to include a trade with Tyler Euro. And it's, it's I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's kind of bad looking at it now how bad Tyler Euro looked in the playoffs compared to, I mean, this is James Harden, you know. So it's, I'm not saying Tyler, I'm not saying Tyler Hero's like, his career is over. I'm not saying he's garbage, but he was god awful for the Miami Heat. Not just in the playoffs, he wasn't good this entire season. And it just it's just a big slap in the face to Miami because you could have had James Harden, who is arguably one of the best offensive players in this generation. So, in fact, he's arguably one of the best defensive players of all time. So, I mean, no, offense. I'm sorry, he's one of the best offensive players of all time. So. You need to really unmarry yourself from Tyler Euro, and you need to get a person that can put the ball on the ground consistently and score. Because if you're looking for Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler's not getting you 30, 40 a night. He may not even get you, as we saw in the bubble, he might not even be able to get you 25. It's like you need someone that can that can constantly score for you. And right now, if you look at their roster, they do not have anybody that can do that. So... That's 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 Miami, man. That's that's Miami. Let's go over to uh to Memphis. Memphis is in a weird spot too. <laughs> Let me not say this. No, Memphis is in a spot they haven't been since the Mike Conley, Tim, Al- uh, Tony Allen, uh, Marcus All days. They don't really need to do much. They just need veterans. They have such a young team. You know, Dylan Brooks, uh, John Morant. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. They just have a lot of young pieces. And while you have Valanchunas, you don't really have many vets. You know, Grayson Allen isn't a vet. Like you need of you need veteran pieces because John Moran is going to be John Moran. I mean, he had a 47-point game in the playoffs. They just need vets. And I and one big reason is because you see late in games, even though they were really good against uh, Golden State in the play-in, 
you see late in games, their decision making's kind of off. Um, they're not the greatest when it comes to uh, shooting the ball. It's like with a veteran, especially a veteran guard, a veteran guard and a veteran wing. Like I think Nicholas Batum would be incredible for this team. I did now. I thought Nicholas Batum was his his reign was over with, but he's he's looked incredible for the Clippers. I think Nicholas Batum would be great for this team. If Mike Conley was still on this team, man, they'd be incredible. It's it's they just need vets. They need someone that can really get in John Morant's ear and and because John Morant is an incredible raw talent. He's incredibly athletic. He he needs to develop. A, he needs a, his shot needs to be a lot better. But he's a, he's an incredible player. He just needs that vet. That she, I mean, he don't really have one. Dylan Brooks, you can shape his game. A veteran wing. So. I just, I just, I, I just think they need a vet. They don't need to do much, kind of like the Knicks. They don't need to really do much because they have a great young core. They just need someone that can rein in uh, John Moran at times. They need someone that can rein in Jaron Jackson Jr. Because there should be no reason why Jaron Jackson Jr. was a primary three-point shooter in the playoffs, and he wasn't making. He he made missed way more than he made. So. Yeah, man, Memphis just needs more vets, but I, I think they'll be I think they'll be all right if they, you know, because they have a, a lot of good pieces, man. Kyle Al, Kyle Anderson can't be your vet first and foremost, but Kyle Anderson's good. Grayson Allen, uh, Valanciunas is kind of the vet, but you know, yeah, this is Valanciunas. But but like I said, Ja, they they have some good pieces, man. So let's 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 talk about let's talk about the let's talk about Portland. You know, Portland's first. Let's let's first talk about Terry Stotts. Terry's uh, report came out yesterday that Terry Stotts and the Portland uh, Trailblazers are going to part ways. I look at Terry Stotts just like I look at Scott Brooks, or I look at Scott Brooks just like I look at Terry Stotts. While I believe they're a good coach, I think they plateaued. I think you know while Portland didn't make it to the Eastern or Western Conference Finals a couple years ago. They've been bounced out the first round for the last five years. And while, you know, a coach, I'm not saying that a coach is bad, but sometimes you, sometimes the coach loses, his voice loses the locker room. I'm not saying that they just, you know, don't listen to him at all, but... Sometimes the voice gets gets stagnant. Sometimes the voice gets familiar, and it's just like, all right, bro, it is what it is. And I think that that's where we – I think that Portland reached that point with Terry Stotts. And, again, with a team that has Damian Lillard, with a team that has some of the pieces that they have, there should be no reason why they have been bounced out the first round four of the last five years. So I understand, and I think that the writing has been pretty much on the wall since the season started that Terry Stotts was going to be out after this season, barring they go on an incredible run in the playoffs, uh, which obviously they didn't. So, I, I, you know, they're going to be in the coaching hunt. And um, I, I, another report came out saying that Damian Lillard is going to, to have a, a big say-so in who's going to be the next coach, which he should. He's definitely the star of the team. He's one of the best point guards of a generation. So, 
Portland is in a is in a flux right now as far as coaching. But let's you know Portland when we talk about Portland, a lot of people talk about the unfortunate events that Portland faced. Um of course we talk about Sam Bowie getting drafted over Jordan, but Sam Bowie was incredible in college. Sam Bowie was way better than Jordan in college. So, like I said, hindsight is 2020. There's no way. Well, you could have. But if Sam Bowie would have never got hurt, he could he could have been good for Portland. Not to mention Portland had Clyde Drexler, so you don't, you're not going to get a, a shooting guard. Uh, Brandon Roy, uh, injuries. Could have, you know, was an incredible player. Greg, Greg Oden could have been. One of the best centers in the generation. Injuries. Um, so Portland, in that sense, you can't really blame Portland. These players were good in college. These players were good in the league as far as Brandon Roy. And they just didn't, you know, due to injury, which you can't really predict. It just didn't work. That is what you cannot blame Portland for. What you can blame Portland for is, and I tweeted this, Portland, ever since, I can't remember a time, maybe either Wesley Matthews, Nicholas Batoon days, but I can't remember a time where Portland, Portland loses, and Portland has the, Portland loses the same way year after year after year. And they have the same problem year after year after year. And what is that? What what is their problem? One, they don't have. They suck defensively. They are god awful defensively. Yeah, I know they thought that Robert Covington was going to come in at least this year and and patch up the defense. But when everything else around the everything else is is not a defender, no. When Norman Powell, who is a fringe defender, is your second best defender, it's not going to work. They have had a lack of ability. Their their lack of ability to find and, and, and get defensive players is mind-boggling to me because it's not just a, a one, two-year thing. They've struggled with this since... Clyde Drexler days. And you really need, we really need to sit and, 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 and really examine. Have you really, you know, we talk about all the time how Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are one of the top backcourts in the league. We always talk about offensively, they are one of the top backcourts in the league. Now, when you look at all the top backcourts in the league that we talk about, we talk about Clay and 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 uh, Curry when Clay is healthy. Of course, now you can throw in Kyrie and James Harden, uh, Bradley Bill, Russell Westbrook. The problem is, though, when you listen to that, Bradley Bill, Russell Westbrook. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, 
James Harden. Who is the worst player out of that list? It's CJ McCollum. And while CJ McCollum has had some incredible games, CJ McCollum has shown, in my opinion, that he is not a consistent number two. Klay Thompson is a consistent number two. As we're seeing this year, Kyrie has has kind of formed himself into a consistent number two. CJ McCollum has not. And it's time, man. It's I think it's time to blow it up. And here's why I say that. And when I say blow it up, you you solely have to look at CJ McCollum. Because you and you can get another CJ. You're not getting another Dame. Damian Lillard is one of the best, arguably, arguably right now. People can have an argument and say that he is a top 10 point guard of all time. I'm not saying I'm having that argument. But there are people that are saying that right now, Damian Lillard can be one of the best point guards of all time. You can't, you're not going to get another Dame. You can get another CJ. And it's not just on CJ, but when you look at the play, the, the, the team that they build around Dame, uh, Nurkic, who dealt with injury last few years, but he's good offensively, but terrible defensively. Enos Cantor. The running joke is Enos Cantor only, all he does is catch rebounds and putbacks because he's not good anywhere else. Carmelo Anthony, his entire career was scoring, never defense. Norman Powell, on and off. Robert Covington, the dude missed a dunk. Damian Lillard dropped 55. And and Robert Covington missed a wide open dunk. And CJ McCollum forgot the diameters of the floor and stepped out of bounds. I think it's time, man. I think it's maybe maybe should have been time a couple years ago. But that East that Western Conference Finals definitely kind of like, oh well, maybe this is no. I think it's time. I think you have to break up Dame and CJ. I think you can get uh, I think you can get some pieces for Dan, for CJ. I think you can get um, uh, a defender. I think you can get another score. I think you can get some pieces for CJ and some draft picks, and maybe see maybe see what you can get for for uh, Enos Cantor. I don't I don't know, but I think it's time. And I think we've seen as far as Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum together can take them, and. You're not going to get another Dame. You can get another CJ. And I, I just think for for too long, Portland has struggled defensively, and Portland has lost the same way year after year after year. When they played against Denver, CJ, McC- I mean, uh, Damian Lowe's going crazy, dropping 55, you know, going crazy. CJ McCollum is having a bad series and they can't defend anyone. Going against Golden State in the Western Conference Finals with uh wasn't with uh, uh what's his name? Kevin Durant out. 
They can't stop Dre. They can't stop Curry. They can't stop Clay. They play them again. First round. Same thing. I just think that we've seen the ceiling that CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard can take Portland. And especially with no defense around them, I think I think you have to break it up. I think they that iteration of that backcourt has run has has run his has run his course in my opinion. And and CJ is a great player, but I think we've noticed and I think that we've seen he is not a reliable two. Again, Clay Thompson is a reliable two. Kyrie now is a reliable two. I guess you can say either Anthony Davis or LeBron James. Ooh, no, we'll talk about them in a second. We've seen some reliable twos. Rudy Gobert, for what he is in Utah, is a reliable two. CJ McCollum just isn't. And, you know, it's... It's showing. It is. It's glaring. Uh, and yeah. Hell, and when he gets back, due from injury, Jamal Murray's reliable too at this point. So, I just think it's time to blow it up for Portland. And, and when I say blow it up, you you have to solely look at CJ because you can get another CJ or get some players that can equal the the production that CJ gives you. You will never get another Damian Lillard. And that's facts. <laughs> so and let's move on to the last team. The Lakers. Again, and it goes back to what I said about the Knicks. Um, there are different. You have to look at success is measured differently for different teams. This is a disastrous team or a disastrous season or ending to a season for the Lakers. A lot of people had the Lakers uh, going back to back. Now with, with, you know, with LeBron, with AD, you can look, especially have to look at the bubble, but you look at the team and it's just like a lot of people's like, Oh, this team got better. You know, this team is, is, is incredible. You get Montrez Herald, you get, uh, <laughs> you get Morris, man. You get all these players, and you get Wesley Matthews. And when you look at the success that um, the Lakers saw, let's just look at the bubble last year. Dwight Howard was important. Rondo was important. JaVale McGee was important. And they are gone. And I said it last episode, and I'll say it again. I, I got some pushback for it, but I hope that you guys saw what you saw, and now you you understand what I'm saying. LeBron James, even especially nursing an injury or ner- or recovering from a high ankle sprain, LeBron James, 36, is not cannot be the best player on your team anymore and you guys are automatic championship bound. This is not where he is in his career right now, LeBron. 
I'm not saying LeBron James is still not a great player. I'm not saying LeBron James still isn't good. But did you? But look at what we just saw against Phoenix. LeBron James looked gassed. LeBron James had was has a lot of high turnovers. LeBron James really didn't shoot good from three. Like LeBron James did not play well. Well, let me see. He played well, but not well enough. You know, we were looking for. I don't. Shannon Sharp said it, and I agree completely. The Lakers, especially with Anthony Davis being out, the Lakers needed the LeBron. The last year, LeBron James was in Cleveland. He needed that. He needed to be Superman, and he just he just isn't that right now. Like he is not at this point in his career. That's not LeBron James anymore. I'm not saying LeBron James is not great. I'm not saying he's he he's not one of the greatest. But LeBron James cannot be the best player on a team right now and have mediocre players, have Kuzmas, have Alex Caruso's, have Wesley Matthews, have uh, uh, Taylor Horton Tuckers and be and, and elevate them to the championship. That's why. The first thing they need to do is make is is sit down with AD and be like, "Yo, look, bro. I understand that there's some fragile players. I understand that some players just can't can't get over the injury bug. I understand that, but usually don't. And, and Charles Barkley said it said it uh, the other night, and and it was true. Usually don't see that happen to 28 year olds to to younger players. Anthony Davis is young and he cannot stay on the floor. Look, and 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 for people that still question, uh, or, or people that still think I'm off when I say that LeBron James can't be your best player, uh, and and take you to the finals. Look at the series. Look at last year in the bubble. There was a legit argument who should be the the finals MVP because of how good Anthony Davis and how important Anthony Davis was, not just in the finals, but the entire playoffs. Anthony Davis was their best player until probably, let me say this, Anthony Davis was Lakers' best player, I'm going to say 90% of the time. Now, the 10% that LeBron was, it was incredible 10, but Anthony Davis was their best player 90% of the time in the bubble. And as we saw the Lakers were doomed once AD went out. Now, the Lakers find themselves in some trouble because if you look at the cap space, Anthony Davis is there for another four years. LeBron James is still there. Dennis Schroeder is going to be gone, but we saw what happened in the in the playoffs. They need – their, their money is tied up into two players. One of them is LeBron James, who – is aging and the other one is Anthony Davis who can't stay healthy in big in, in prime time moments. The reason why people will say, well, he stayed healthy last year and of course he got them a championship. Bruh, the pandemic stopped sports for like months, which allowed them to to be hella fresh going in going in uh restarting the season in the bubble. So you really need to sit down. I don't know if he needs to change his diet. I don't know if he needs to change his, his, his workout routine. I don't know what he needs to do. But you need to sit down with Anthony Davis and be like, yo, we can't go. We're only going to go as far as you take us. Like, that's just how it's going to be. Um, and you also you also need a solid third option. Like, Kyle Kuzma just ain't it. Kyle Kuzma is not a third option. 
you didn't want to use Montrez Harold, so he's not a third option. Dennis Schroeder's not a reliable third option. I, I know, I understand Alex Caruso has a fan base, but if you think that Alex Caruso is a freaking third option, no. Like, you need a solid third, man. You need to try to. I mean, I, you need to try to maybe see about a CJ, maybe see about a a, a a Dame, I don't know, maybe see about a, a Bradley Bill. Like, the Lakers need a solid third option because LeBron James, LeBron James can be a great, like, LeBron James is probably the greatest two of all time right now. It's just, he can't, he cannot be a one to see, again, with his age, with the injury now, um, he just he can't he can't take mediocre and bring them to the finals like he usually has. And again, don't hear me say LeBron James isn't great because LeBron James is still great, but LeBron James is getting older, <laughs> and that's just how it is. So that's the Lakers, man. And and of course, uh, the Clipper we'll, we'll save the Clippers and the. Um, the Clippers and the the Mavericks, which is having an incredible se- incredible uh, series, we'll save that to when that series is over. So let's um let's let's give my round two predictions. So at, right now you have Denver going up against Phoenix. I think that this these this matchup is so evenly. <clears throat> This matchup is really hard. It's really hard because to me, you have the MVP in Jokic. In Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Morris, they've they've had this team. This this team has been incredible since Jamal Murray's been out, and I thought that Jamal Murray being out would be a death sentence for. Denver, and that's one that's one of the big reasons why I thought that Denver was going to lose against Portland because the, the the guard position they just didn't have enough. But the thing is, as we saw, DeAndre Ayton struggled against Anthony outside of one game. He struggled against when Anthony Davis was healthy and on the floor. DeAndre Aiden was, yeah. And you're dealing with another monster against Nicole Jokic, who's going to be the MVP. Um, but then on, on Denver's, I mean, on, on Phoenix's side, you have Devin Booker, who went crazy the last game against L.A. You have CP3. Now, of course, we need to see what happens with his shoulder and his, and his health. But to me, this is a really, this is a pick em. Oh, man. I'm going to go with Phoenix. I'm going to go with Phoenix because you pretty much – I think that this is when you're going to start to to see Jamal Murray's, uh, Jamal Murray's absence. I think this is when you're going to start to see it because CJ – I mean, while CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard weren't able to take well, Damian Lillard definitely did, but while C.J. McCollum wasn't able to take uh, take advantage of not having Jamal Murray, I think C.P. three, Devin Booker, I think you know Jay Crowder can you can throw that in there. I think they'll be able to take take advantage of that. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Phoenix. Um, 
I'm going to wait for Utah to see who wins between Utah and the Clippers. Uh, I mean, between Dallas and the Clippers. But honestly, actually, I'm going to wait for that. Let's go Philly and Atlanta. I think that, I think, to me, I think a lot of it is determined on Joel Embiid's health. I think if Joel Embiid be out there, it can be, I think they'll win. I think they'll win pretty easily. I mean, Joel Embiid is the MVP finalist. You have Ben Simmons. What, okay, so the difference between Philly and New York is scoring. New York is a huge team. Philly is a huge team. They just, Philly has a Seth Curry. They have a, a Joel Embiid. They have a Tobias Harris. They have players that can put the ball on the ground and score. Um, well, outside of Joel Embiid, you kind of have to give him the ball, but him and he's an MVP candidate. So I think that Trey Young is going to be huge in this, or is going to have to be huge, and Clint Capella is going to have to be huge. But that's going to and and Bogdanovich is going to have to be huge. But it's going to be hard, especially now. I will say this: I will say is it could be a competitive series. If um, Joel Embiid doesn't play, I I think that if he doesn't play, Tobias Harris is going to need to be as big, and Seth Curry is going to need to be as big as they were against uh, Washington the last few games. But I'm going to pick Philly. I think Philly, it's a huge team. I think Doc Rivers has them firing on all cylinders. It just depends on Joel Embiid's health. Um, and even if he's not there, I think it goes from a five- or six-game series to a seven-game series. And even in a seven-game series, I'm going to choose uh, Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and, and Tobias Harris. Uh, I'm going to choose that over Trey Young, especially experience-wise. So I, I got Philly in that round. And the, the, the biggest round, the, the round that we are most anticipating is, or the matchup, the matchup that we're most anticipating is the Bucks in Brooklyn. I mean, you have Giannis, uh, you have Drew Holiday, you have Brooke Lopez, you have P.J. Tucker going against uh, KD, Kyrie, James Harden, Blake Griffin. This is going to be the series. Now, the series is going to come to to me, the most important person in this series is going to be Drew Holiday. Can Drew Holiday slow down Kyrie Irving? I think that I think that Giannis is going to be able to neutral. I think Giannis and KD is going to neutralize each other. And when I say that, I don't think that KD is going to be able to stop Giannis. But I also don't think, even though Giannis is an incredible, I mean. Uh, reigning defensive player of the year. I don't think that Giannis is going to be able to stop KD. I mean, as we saw in the in the regular season, they both have 40, 40 plus against each other. And I think that PJ Tucker is going to be they the Bucks hope they'll be able to slow down James Harden. Uh, but you throw him at you throw body, of course, Brent Forbes. You can throw at Kyrie. I just think that Drew Holiday is going to be the piece, and I think. It's, it's to me. It's it's defense against offense, man. It's. <sighs> mm. I'm gonna go with Brooklyn. I'm gonna go with Brooklyn because it's hard for me to see. I mean, you have three players that can go hyperbolic and go f- for fifty any given night, and that's gonna be hard for the Bucks to stop. Now I understand that Brooklyn is going to is going to be tough stopping the bucks but the bucks has not ha, they they did not play 
with all three, as in Kyrie, KD, and, and James. They haven't played with all three of them on the floor. So I think that's a new dynamic, and I think that's going to be a good matchup. I think that's going to go six or seven games, honestly. Uh, because I think this team, these both these teams are so evenly matched as far as one is an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly potent offensively, and another one is an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly potent defensively. So I think that's going to be a fun matchup, man. That's going to be a fun matchup. I'm going to go Brooklyn in seven. So those are my second round predictions. Of course, I'm going to wait for Utah to see if they're going to play the Clippers or Dallas. I might go live. Uh, on Saturday or Sunday, one of two. I might uh, Sunday. I might go live and and give my prediction there, but we're gonna wait. And lastly, before we go, um, Coach K, Mike Shashevsky, coach of Duke, announced he will be retiring after next season. This comes off the heels of Roy Williams earlier this year, uh, coming coach or former coach now of North Carolina coming out and saying he's retiring. Um, if you really want to, which what we have to do is to, to, in order to talk about coach K in order to really amplify his greatness or really shine a, a a really shine adjust like really to 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 really talk about how great coach k is you really have to look at duke and you have to be uh, you have to be serious about duke like you have to take a honest look at duke duke's history isn't that good before coach k duke is is and I understand people are going to look at me like, I mean, you're a North Carolina fan. Of course you think that. No. I mean, yes, I'm a North Carolina fan, but I also understand how great Coach K is and how great Duke has been with Coach K. But Duke has not – Duke has been a small, regular, in the in the middle in, – in the middle of the pack school before – Coach K. And if you look at some of the players that he's been able to attract and some of the stars he's been able to attract and his coaching ability and how some of the players are incredible in college due to his coaching and his tutelage and may not pan out in the NBA, but was incredible in college under him. Coach, you know, There's some coaches where it's impossible to to replace them. It's going to be impossible to replace a Popovich because of his imprint on the entire organization of the Spurs. It's going to be impossible to replace Nick Saban because of his imprint on and his 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 ability to uh, recruit at Alabama. I honestly think it's going to be impossible at this point to replace Dabble Sweeney in in, Cle- in Clemson because of his his imprint on the organization. It's impossible, and I mean literally impossible, to replace Coach K. And we're about to see. For people that think I'm crazy, we're about to see what it looks like to replace Coach K. 
it's going to be weird looking at the ACC and and not seeing Roy Williams going up against um going up against Coach K uh, in North Carolina versus Duke, but Coach K is one of those, you know, we talk about talk about a a pantheon of greatness especially when we talk about coaches you got the the lombardis and 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 woodens and like i said uh, uh phil jackson's and uh greg popovich's and stuff like that our backs and stuff um coach k may go down because of his impact on duke because of his impact when in Team USA, he could go down as arguably the greatest coach of all time. I'm going to have to sit on that thought. but And it's not just the winning, because if we talk about the winning, then no, he's not. But his ability to cultivate relationships, his ability to have the world look at Duke differently than it really is without him, his ability to... Nurture players like it's incredible, man. And his ability to connect different players where they're at, his ability to connect with uh, a Brandon Ingram in college and still connect with LeBron James and Team USA the same year, or his ability to connect with a Kevin Durant and then connect with a Quinn Cook like it's it's different, man. And Coach K will go down as arguably the greatest coach of all time. And uh, as a North Carolina fan, I will say congratulations to Coach K uh, for an incredible, incredible, incredible career. And Coach K wasn't just, you know, he wasn't just a Duke coach. Coach, you can't, we talk about those all-timers, you know, we always, like, you can't talk, and and I talked about this last episode, but you can't talk about the game of basketball without LeBron James, without uh, Michael Jordan, without Steph Curry, without Kobe. You can't talk about football without Tom Brady, without um, Joe Montana, without, uh, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes at this point. You can't talk about hockey without Gretzky, without Ovechkin, without Sidney Crosby. You can't talk about baseball without talking about um, Babe Ruth or or Jackie Robinson or <sighs> Pantheon of players. You can't talk about basketball without mentioning Coach K. Like, it's just virtually impossible. Coach K has such an imprint on college basketball, on NBA. Hell, look at some of the great Duke players that we have. Kyrie, uh, Zion, Brandon Ingram, Jason Tatum. Like, (laughs) yeah, you can't talk about the game of basketball. You cannot, yeah, you can't talk about the game of basketball without mentioning Coach K. Coach K has imprint on recruiting, on college basketball, on NBA, and Team USA. So, again, 
congratulations to Coach K, and I hope for a incredible retirement. You know, so there you have it, man. That has been this week's episode of the Unpower. Today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys for listening. I appreciate all you guys for watching. Please come to the YouTube and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers. I'm grinding to it, and I appreciate everyone that has subscribed. And if you haven't, hey, subscribe, man. I appreciate it. Uh, if you want an unpopular podcast shirt, it's getting hot out there. So you see the hoodies are kind of, I'm putting the hoodies away for a minute. But if you want an unpopular podcast shirt, hoodie, uh, joggers, uh, long sleeves, sweaters, the link is in the description below. Go to the, go, go get you an unpopular podcast merch, man. Go, go, go look fresh outside. You know, this, I'd be wearing this out. You know, people turn, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, that's Unpopular Podcast merch. <laughs> but yeah, man, I appreciate you guys. I uh, love you guys. And until next time, much love. What's happening, Chi Chi? Turn my name to the kid, that's a baby go. Keep a drink like I started up OVO. You can get a percent, but I want the most. Got a house with a lake, so I bought a boat. About to switch up a play that's an audible. State to state, private jet with some auto hoes. Had to run on more dollars than followers. Me and Bay take the week off and cobble. Like a gamble, I'm playing a lot of betting it all, cause I know that I got them. Remember me, I was driving in problems. We don't beef if this problem we solving. I remember that dude through revival. I bought for my partner, he died in an argument. They was hating, that's why I'm way farther than Remember asking my mom where my father been, and ain't no talking that fire when I'm trying. To get Niggas cuffing these hoes at the crew and been had Get them rats at the bank, put it right in the bank Say he wouldn't do that, but he would if he can How about marching with drone, like we playing the band I go straight out the mud, I ain't been in no sand 20 y'all would fight, had popped me a zen I got honey, y'all more fucked on the fan I had think about it, I can't end up on shade room Everything that I hear, I didn't pay for You know what I can bring to the table I can tell if it's real by the label We had TV, but we didn't have cable Now I'm richer than all of my neighbors I wear my chain proud, it's a trophy I'm with the same crowd, it's the brothers I don't got the same mind, you don't know me You don't gotta do it loud, keep it low-key. I'm trying to be here for mine, I can't hold you. The 40 y'all, those 24 is for COVID. I shouldn't have to say you know that you hold me. You ain't got to search, you know that it's on me. Hats off if you keeping it real. It's so easy to fall beat them to fate. Dirt the voice, cause you know just what it say. I'm the hero, I come through, say today. Hats off if you keeping it real. It's so easy to fall beat them to fate. Dirt the voice, cause you know just what it say. I'm the hero, I come through, say today. Bitch, I'm a D-boy, do it for T-Roy. I'm on you forever, that just worth the V-Roy. I'm with the killers forever, the trinity just in me. The Grammys can't change me for nothing. I like the bitches who let me just offer them cash. You never gon' at me for nothing. Never gon' switch. Only time I ever switch is a Glock with a motherfucker button. Rappers be running back telling them bitches we hitting. That's why I don't be telling them nothing. 4 TF. Only the following with four pockets full, but we keep it a hundred. That shit solid. I done took loss. I done turned robbers to killers and boss. I've been that nigga from way, way back, way before Uzi was driving the cross. We just a family. We never recruit. Click full of killers. We choosing to shoot. Someone tell Kanye and Kim to just stick to the script or just tell them to free Larry Who. Me, I'm the voice. Baby, the Hero drive like Michael Jackson, yeah. Been in in a minute, it's crazy, I'm winning. Only feel like I've been rapping the yeah. Let a nigga play with me, I'm ready. My bitch getting rich off cosmetics. Life off, that and free my daddy. Lights off, I 
couldn't see my belly. 2010, I had a gun in my belly. 2011, I was fighting my salad. 2012, I saw my deal in Cali. 2021, I'm big as Cali. Oh. I wear my chain proud as a trophy. I'm with the same crowd as the brothers. I don't got the same mind, you don't know me. You don't gotta do it loud, keep it low key. I'm trying to be here for mine, I can't hold you. The 40 yards, 24 is for Kobe. I should have to say, you know that you hold me. You ain't gotta search, you know that it's on me. Hats off if you keeping it real. It's so easy to fall, beat them to fate. Dirt the voices, you know just what to say. I'm the hero, I come through, say today. Hats off if you keeping it real. It's so easy to fall, beat them to fate. Dirt the voices, you know just what to say. I'm the hero, I come through, say today. This drop, then it's only the label. You see the crosses surrounding the table, but never crosses. We flip your Alfredo. Bro, do a salad without a potato. I took the logic and built out a payroll. Auto with chocolate, I built it like Legos. I leave them deceased. Only way that they ever find peace. In that case, then I might need a priest. And the streets gotta keep the belief. Not a wave, gotta keep you a seat. Look for me, gotta keep you a feet. Made a hundred and put it on gold. Took the steppers and put them on roll. It's a lot of them riding and gliding and sliding. It's ready to snatch at your soul. I was 18 still when I got my deal. And Dre had to go up the road. Now he back outside and see little bro. He got believers. RP Big Tone, I know you see us. Sorry, gotta fuck on the low. I can't make cheaters. Thought we got it, busting out the bleachers. It's jumping like water wall. 